Hello and welcome to another episode of Anthony's Nursing Podcast. Today my guest is Jess Whittle, a friend of mine from the Major Trauma Ward in Preston. Jess is a staff nurse and agreed to spend some time on ICU in the heat of the pandemic. Since I started my podcast, I've been really keen to speak to Jess about this, as I know it would be a good listen and something very relevant to our current situation. So I'd like to welcome Jess this morning and thank you for your time. I hear you, hi. So firstly, I'd like to say how amazing I think it is that you went on to ICU out of your comfort zone when you could have quite easily said no. Oh, thank you. What were your first thoughts and feelings when you were asked about this? Were you anxious, scared, excited? I think I was really naive, basically. Um, hmm. it, was, it was always offered to me as a choice, like, would you be happy to go? I could have said no, if you will. But it was always yeah. presented of think of like all the skills you'll learn. It'd be great mm. for your CV. And I think it was only when we actually got down there, we kind of realised how bad it was. And it was never mm. sold to me in that way, if you will. Even on like, we had one training day, I think, before we went down. And right. even on that training day, it was never what really what we were expecting, I don't think, when we actually got down there. But right. certainly an experience. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, yeah. And obviously going from major trauma into ICU is like a massive difference isn't it um how did you find I was was really hoping to look after major trauma patients down there but I never looked after one (laughs) right (laughs) yeah the transition was massive to be honest with you it was really out of the comfort Mm. zone but yeah yeah was it how long did it take you to get into it was it because a lot of other things going on as well isn't there like did it take you were there for two months weren't you yeah something like that it was um, it was quite hard work to be honest with you because I did night shifts for two months because they asked right. me basically, do you not mind? I thought well, I've got nothing else to do in lockdown. If I really can't do or see anyone, so I thought why not? Yeah. And, um, they were obviously short staffed anyway on nights, so I never really got like a supernumerary period. I had like one shift for about four hours where I got to shadow someone, and that was it. This is your patient. Let me right. know if you need anything. I remember thinking. I need, I need everything. <laughs> I yeah. I'm really out of my comfort zone, but yeah. I think it was kind of sink or swim, and if you didn't pick it up, then... Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet it's done you, the, done you good, though, hasn't it, like, in the long run for that experience? It's certainly, yeah, it's certainly helped with confidence with nursing. Mm. I definitely feel like I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always handy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd only been qualified for about six months when the pandemic started, so the pressure's with like all the uncertainties and the chopping and changing every day. Like, I felt stressed at times. Yeah, definitely. But it's not what you, you, you first signed up for, really, is it, when you first start your nursing to be no, newly qualified not. in the middle of a global pandemic? But... No. I mean, I'm glad I had six months behind me, really, and it wasn't straight off because I had yeah. some confidence. Um, but what were the pressures like in ICU? I, I presume that they were massive. And how did how did you deal with them? I think... It was more on night shifts, obviously. We were always shorter staffed than what you'd have liked to have been. So in the day, you'd always have like a redeployed nurse buddied up with someone who was qualified there for, you know, how many years. And yeah. obviously that wasn't the case on nights. But then mm-hmm. I kind of got into the swing of it, picked up what I needed to pick up. And they were all really nice. So you can always ask them, like, I'm, I need to change the event settings, for example, but I'm not quite happy to do it without checking with you first. And someone would always come and double check you're doing everything right. But um, yeah. then you have like PPE shortages, which I don't know if happened. Don't know if that happened where you work as well. But yeah, I did. Yeah. It was just a nightmare because you're 
the deal was you'd go in the bay for like two hours and mm. then someone would swap with you after that. So, you know, you weren't absolutely drowning. But mm. then we ran out of masks and ran out of gowns and stuff like that. So it was a case of them. Did you have them build your own gowns pretty much at one point? They were like, yeah, yeah we're the getting... worst things ever, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And we were, people were sending us all sorts, yeah. Getting all sorts yeah, donated. We had all sorts brought from the police, you know, like right. big white suits. They were quite comfy, but yeah. anything was, a, you know, gratefully received at that point. But it was yeah. then just me you had to be in the bay for like four hours rather than two, which was really hard work. Right, right. Um, in the hospice where I was, um, we we kind of gelled better as a team because of what we were going through together. Um, yeah. Things were changing all the time and it grew us closer together. What was the support like for you as a new face? And did you already know anyone who was working there? I didn't know anyone that was down in ICU apart from another nurse from like the ward adjacent to mine, who I never really right. saw because I was always doing night shifts. And mm. we're never, if, even if I wasn't the same, like, handing over to her, for example, that was pretty yeah. much it. But um, everyone was really friendly. Like, I couldn't fault the nurses and the HAs and what have you down there because they were all always happy to help and you could ask him anything but um mm. in that the greater scheme of things I think a lot of like feedback from us fell on deaf ears if you will so because we always we, everyone said the same thing like it wasn't really sold to us as what it was yeah I think they were expecting the pan uh, it to have hit Preston a lot worse than what it did even yeah. though at the time it felt like we were sinking I think mm. they were prepared for the absolute worst and they didn't get it but they were still I think things could have been done a bit differently but yeah. Well, <laughs> were you wearing uh, all the PPE all the time then in the hospice? Because obviously they're all high risk, aren't they, your patients? Or yeah, I mean, when we first on our ward, we only have the one ward, um, and it was we had no positive cases um, for quite a while, quite a few weeks, and then once we got our first one, uh, literally everyone was getting it then. So we're yeah. isolating everyone. And we we kind of split the ward into two. So we had a hot zone and a cold zone. Um, and, yeah, so we had PPE, but the rules on what we should be wearing was literally changing every day. Yeah. So that was that caused a lot of anxiety with, with staff and, and people were saying, well, they're doing this in the trust. Why aren't we doing it? And things like that. And there was quite a lot of tension really um yeah well a lot of it really because um because things were changing I suppose it was difficult for the managers to to be able to keep up with stuff and um obviously it's a it's a pressured time isn't it so yeah but yeah um so like working in a hospice like I'm used to being around a lot of death and things most days um, and, and I know everyone sees it as a nurse, but was there a lot of deaths when you were there, and how did you how did you deal with that? Because um, I obviously did night shifts. I think mm. as awful as it sounds, they keep people going till the day, if you will. And it was it would kind of happen on the day shift. Like if they knew they were going to withdraw on someone, they'd obviously yeah. make sure it was of a reasonable hour in the day, because obviously they'd want to inform. They obviously always bring families and what have you. But they used to have a yeah. ward round like morning and evening. So the families would get two updates a day from the doctors anyway. And obviously they were right. to ring in between, speak to nurses and what have you. But um, yeah. I think it only really hit me 
when I had annual leave for a week. And when I came back, it was pretty much all new patients. And I thought, not many of these have got better. And it, it really, yeah. really hit home then because I thought, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And they'd been there yeah. for weeks as well, do you know what I mean? Yeah, because you're used to, like, looking after people in trauma for quite a while, aren't you? Like, the rehab and all that. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's nice to see them come in and then actually go home better. Or they come in and see us, you know, months later, whatever, you think, oh, my goodness, look at you mm. now. But it yeah. was never really yeah. like, you never really got that in ICU, no. simply. I bet that was quite um shock on it for you really yeah definitely definitely a shock to the system but the i, I must I can't fault the nurses and what have you down there though because they dealt with it so well and i always mm. said to them like if, if i was to ever have anyone poorly in hospital kind of thing they are in best best safe best safe hands down in icu and they dealt with like yeah. dying so well yeah do they provide any like on on war training for that how to deal with stuff like that or no nothing no, no, something like that. We literally had one yeah. training day at the very start and it basically told you a little bit about ventilators. And if you hear someone saying this, this is what they mean, sort of thing. And then it was a case yeah. of learn on the job. Ask any if you don't know, ask a question, then you'll then you'll find out, sort of thing. But Yeah. Very much at the deep quite, end. Yeah, it's quite scary that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So you touched on um about the relatives having conversations and things. So in the hospice, uh, we normally have like more visitors than patients in normal yeah. settings. Um, but these past few months, we've had to limit the visitors coming in. Um, and we've had a lot of upset relatives and even people like sleeping in the cars outside just to be a bit closer to the, oh my to the loved ones. Which, yeah, I've found that the hardest, yeah. most challenging, definitely. Just in, you just feel job. inhumane, don't you? Stopping someone from seeing yeah. someone. When I know. Yeah, that's such a big part of our job, like supporting the families and going through the journey with them as well. Like we look look after them as much as our own patients. Yeah. So was there, um, I know there was a no rule, no visiting rule in hospital, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so did you have to... Go on, sorry. No, so did you have to do a lot of phone calls to relatives and delivering bad bad news and stuff? And... Yeah, so I was always in either COVID red or COVID amber. I literally did one shift where I didn't look after a COVID patient and I was in green and I absolutely loved it. I think if you were yeah. obviously deep, you could have visitors if you were green in, in very set you know, criteria, if you will. But in red or yeah. amber, you couldn't have them at all because they'd have to obviously be fit, mass tested. It's all aerosol generating because they're all on vents and what have you. So they couldn't come in at all yeah. and see him. But um, the doctors tend to do that. They're amazing. They literally ring the family twice a day, give them an update. If anything was to change, mm. they're the ones that would ring them and explain it to them. Um, but then obviously yeah. the family would ring us throughout the day and would just update on how they're getting on. But it really amazed me how much they knew. So like, yeah. even like medical knowledge even though they've not got a medical background but they've been updated that much and they've been there for weeks going through the same process they knew uh, mm, probably about yeah. as much as me at times and I thought wow yeah that was interesting isn't it yeah. but it's really good isn't it that the doctors were doing that yeah the, keeping yeah, people up to date and stuff I think it took a lot of their yeah. time but the best way to do it mm. is if you can't you know they don't want to they don't always want to speak to a nurse they want to speak to the doctor a lot of time anyway don't they and see what where we go from there. So yeah. Our answers are basically formulated from yeah. what a doctor's already told us. Yeah, 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Did you actually, did you get ill at any point? Did you get it tested or anything oh, yourself? no. So the PPE definitely works when you're in ICU. I didn't have any symptoms of anything. Yeah. We had the antibody test when I got back onto my own ward after about two months of being in ICU. And uh, no antibodies, mm. no, no past infection. And then about three weeks ago, it struck me. <laughs> and I had I literally right. one-off temperature and that was it. And I felt all right, but tested positive and I thought... Well, I don't know where I've got that from, but never mind. I managed to basically swim in it in ICU and never catch it, but I caught it eventually. Yeah. It caught up with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had we it? had a lot. Well, I got tested because um, I was working in the hot zone for a lot of a lot of my shifts yeah. and I had symptoms, but I come back negative, but I was convinced I had it. Do you not have the antibodies um, here? I've not, yeah, I, I need to have that done. I got a letter the other day about it, so I'm going to get that. But my wife's had it. Um, she had it in March. Um, and actually, that time, I had to obviously isolate for 14 days because of her. Yeah. Um, and I was feeling really rough as well, so I don't know whether I might have had it yeah. then. I don't you know. think if you're sharing a house, you're likely to have both had it, really, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, definitely. I've heard, I've heard but, stranger things though, where one person's on it and one person hasn't, and you think I don't know how they got away with that. But yeah, yeah. At one point, like at the beginning, our staff were just dropping like flies. Yeah. With it. There was like ten or twelve people off at a time. It was. It's scary. Because you had to. Yeah, because if you had any symptoms, you had to be off, didn't yeah. you? So. Or you'd, you'd uh, yeah, get scary. tested and then you'd, they'd bring you back straight away, kind of thing. Even if you. You know, pretty convinced. Ooh, I'm not sure if I actually have it or not, but the tests are uh, yeah. not the most accurate things. I don't think in the end. But if one person has that award, then no. a few do, don't they? Which is always the case. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when I got tested, I just couldn't get rid of my temperature, even though I was negative. So I was off for about a week anyway because just, yeah. I just felt awful. Were they just treating you as just in case? You reckon? Because yeah, I think so. Yeah, and just. Yeah, just keep away, yeah. just in case, really. Safest thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned about wearing all the uh, full body suits and things like that. Was was that? Did that? I presume that makes it more challenging to communicate with your patients, the ones what could communicate. Yeah, definitely. So the ones who were on like CPAP hoods and obviously they were still awake and talking to you, just looked at you in absolute fear right. constantly because they thought they can't see. They can pretty much see your yeah. eyes and that's it. And they have no idea, no matter how many yeah. times you, you know, you tell them who you are, they don't know who you are. They can't see any kind of human mm. in you, if you will. And everyone's dressed the same, yeah. running around. And it's just the most bizarre thing, really. But you could, you could literally see yeah. them absolutely terrified looking at you. But um, yeah. it just made your job ten times harder as well because everything was just, it just made you so hot constantly. Everything was so much more yeah. than effort. But um, I was say, it was the best feeling ever coming out of a bay when you've been in there for like four hours and taking it all off. I'm never, I yeah, man, I can imagine, yeah. Probably the best feeling I've ever had in my life. But I'd end up getting a pressure yeah. sore on my nose and wearing a mask, so like in the same place. So often, really? But I looked a bit of a picture for a few weeks uh, after, but yeah, I saw, I saw a lot of pictures of that on Twitter people getting pressure sores, and uh, it makes it difficult, doesn't it? Breathing in them things, it made it, it was really sore, but. They gave you, like, this weird padded tape to put on top, but it was hard to get the seal on mm. your mask, if you will, as well, when you're wearing 
trying to pad your face out so you don't mm. wrecking your face. But it always it came down yeah. the next you know the next morning, if you will, ready to ready yeah. to be indented again when you go back in. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember the patients with us. They just because a lot of them are at the end of their lives, coming to the end of their lives with us. So they were just looking at us in complete fear when we had all this equipment on and thinking, is it really necessary yeah. if we're if we're kind of on our last bit of our life anyway? Um, it makes it harder, doesn't it? And it makes you feel awful. I was, yeah, I was constantly apologising and still am saying, I'm sorry, I can't take this mask yeah. off, but... It's the way it has to be, and I think it'll probably be like this for a long time now with the masks, oh, won't yeah. it? I think. I think we've been told like the next like twelve to eighteen months, whatever, will be always wearing a mask. I think it's gonna. Yeah. Well, until you probably get a vaccine, I imagine, but the new norm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it might carry on after that as well. You never know, dear, because there's probably more of these yeah. things around, isn't there? Something else will come, won't it? Yeah, I should think so. It'll be probably through our careers, it'll just be, there'll be a lot of these, won't there? It'll be changing yeah. things all the time. But it's mad to think at the very start of both of our careers, we've gone through a global pandemic. <laughs> Not what we've watched. Yeah. Um, but... No. Definitely learning experience. <laughs> <It's quite laughs> yeah, definitely. And I was going to say, um, like, this has changed me probably as a, as a person and a nurse, really, from what I've learned. Yeah. And, what we've all been through. Um, do you think it's changed you as a as a nurse and how you look at things? Yeah, definitely. It's made me a more confident nurse, but um, mm. I think more as a person because you just appreciate smaller things in life now. I think, and I think it's yeah. got a, like a massive strain on like the personal relationships at the time because I remember thinking I was really struggling, like working in ICU, seeing the things I was seeing all day every day, and then coming home mm. not being able to see anyone do anything, and then. Yeah. Knowing that, like, people I knew or, you know, my friends, whatever, were going out as if COVID had never happened. And then people were denying, right. even, like, people I knew were denying it was even a thing. And I remember thinking, you know what I'm going through. Yeah. It really put a massive strain on, like, the personal relations going through that. But yeah. one of the things that we got stood up and realised, yeah. I don't think people will ever quite get it unless you see it for yourself. But No, that's what me and Sam have said, because unless you've had it yourself or you've seen what we have, then I don't think people will actually understand the significance of it really, yeah. will they? We, we were all saying when we were down there, like, on, you see it on the news, don't you? And you see all these, you know, videos, what it looks like an intensive care in Spain or something, but you think you should be showing on local news yeah. what's going on in your hometown, do you know what I mean? It's not that far away from home, really, and mm. people, I don't think quite ever understood that, but... Yeah. Yeah, I was speaking to um, Claire Ainscore the oh, other yeah. day, and she spent some time there as yeah, well, didn't she? Yeah, I saw Claire quite a few times. She did a lot of night shifts like me. She, uh, she was saying that there's talk of them being redeployed again. Yeah. She's still a specialist yeah. nurse, I think, isn't she? So they, they tend to... All, mm. A lot of the specialities go down and leave a, just a couple of them, if you will, floating. But um, I've not heard anything mm. yet but I'm kind of poised, waiting to hear, if you will. Um, yeah. I think they might pick, I think it might be like, you know, someone else to 
upskill as well. I've come back with loads of knowledge that I didn't have before and skills that I've never had before yeah. and that I've brought back to Major Trauma, which mm. I can actually utilise. So I don't know if they'll pick someone else from that aspect or maybe some like, yeah. I suppose I, I briefly can remember, you know, event settings and stuff. So they might prefer someone who thinks they might know a bit more what they're doing, but who knows? I think they were waiting for it to get yeah. a little bit worse before they start sending everyone down, but yeah, would you do it again if you were asked? Um, I think I probably would, but I probably wouldn't put myself for doing two months of night shifts because it absolutely floored me. It just made it like, yeah. much worse, the experience, if you will, because I was just constantly tired and knackered. And obviously, yeah. I deal with yeah. the fact that I'm counting the numbers because they haven't got enough staff, whereas in the day, there was ample fulls of redeployed staff. There were loads of people there. And I thought, mm. I've definitely picked the yeah. wrong, you know, wrong end of the stick up here by doing this, but... Mm. I suppose it helps them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's brilliant what you, you did, yeah. And yeah, it just shows like from your experience, because I know you've not really spoke about it much, have you? Um what people have actually been through these last yeah. few months. No, I've never really addressed it with anyone. Like they always offered me to speak to like a trauma psychologist or something, but I never never took them upon the offer. Right. Mm. Yeah, it probably might be something worth worth doing it future might it because um if things like this are happening all the time they might open a service like that for nurses yeah, might they i think a lot, a lot of people down there needed it because you could see people with us even like the regular icu stuff i don't know how we've managed to do it from march till now and still go you know we're still at it yeah. whereas us redeployed like literally did it for a few months and that was it but i suppose we had no idea yeah. what, what we were doing and they did but yeah, I suppose. It's still yeah. an absolute strain for them, isn't it? It is, yeah. It must be really difficult. Would you ever consider like going to ICU when all this is over, like as a job, or do you prefer the trauma patients? And... I love major trauma, but I definitely would consider ICU in the future when it was like post COVID, if you will. I had like my one shift in green, yeah. I absolutely loved it. I love the fact you do absolutely everything for your patient, like you not you don't you don't need anyone else. It's literally you and your patient. You do everything, and I really like that, like the autonomy yeah. you get as an IC unitist. But um, mm. I think I'd definitely consider it after COVID, if you will. But just a bit, see what mm. it's. I wish I'd seen more what it was like normally. Yeah, I, I only ever looked yeah. after COVID, so it was all the same, really. Yeah, I know a lot of people in my class at uni. They did. Um, placements there and a lot of them working there now I think and they love it but I never for, for me personally like I never really fancied that side yeah. of it um, but yeah I, I, I think it'll be probably be really interesting yeah, how are you finding the hospice at the minute is it calmed down Covid wise or yeah so I've moved jobs since the start of it so I'm, on, I'm in a bigger hospice now and we have two wards so um, I'm on the, the cold ward at the minute, so um, we're testing everyone as they come in as just standard procedure um, and treating everyone as kind of positive until the result comes back. But, yeah, the actual positive patients are downstairs, but I think they've got a couple in at the moment, but I think before I went there, there was... The the whole ward yeah. were full, so but I think it is getting worse over here as well now. They're talking about putting us in a tier three, I think. We're in now, I think, isn't it? 
Yeah. Is it getting bad again? Yeah, it's, it's picking up quite quickly. I think that's what's kind of a bit daunting. That it's it's not like a slow yeah. increase. It's been quite a quite a sharp one, but we're seeing it more and more as yeah. normal wards, just people who have been, you know, roaming around, they've had a car accident, they've come in, they've tested negative the first day, yeah. they come in, they can't come on our ward till they're negative, if you will. And then something like five right. days later when we rescreen people. It start. It comes out as positive because the mm. incubation period is like ten days or whatever. So it's been brewing in them when they've been at home, if you will. But yeah. and that's caught us up a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Are you full at the moment on trauma? Uh, when I was last in, we were. Yeah, been busier than ever. I think yeah. at the minute, but the hospitals were still really full. Mm. Like at the start of the first peak, they obviously pretty much cleared out half the hospital. Obviously, it turns out not the best yeah. way they, you know sending them all to nursing homes and then having an absolute crisis in the nursing homes. But the wards were literally yeah. half full, so we had space to like isolate people. Whereas now, if we ever get someone on trauma mm. who's positive, we're kind of stuck for, we need to isolate them, and then we have to isolate the rest of them as contacts for two weeks. Yeah. We've got to try and find, yeah, yeah. you know, days for them to go uh-huh. in where we have to look after them on other wards, if you will. But... Right. So how do you isolate them on, on there, just... Do you literally just pull the curtain well, around? Well, let's we'll get them a PPE side room. Right. If they were, we're classing them as amber, if they've got like a temperature, they kind of look now at. Mm. At first, if anyone had a temperature, they'd panic in the first wave. They'd be like, "Right, isolate them, query COVID." Whereas now we kind yeah. of look at other mm. reasons why they might have a temperature. They'll think about COVID as well, and then we'll re-swab them as a fast track, and you'll find out in like an hour or so, and get them moved or. Nine times out of ten, it's nothing, yeah. and it's been like a post-op temp, and it's panic over. But you never know; <laughs> it's still the dreaded yeah. fear of, "Am I going to have to empty the whole ward out?" Yeah, that's pretty scary, mm. isn't it? How, how have all the staff been on on trauma uh, during this? Have they they managed yeah, all right? Been all right. I think a lot of us have ended up having COVID in the end. Most of them had it the first time round. Mm. I think about a couple, I don't know, five of us or something had it. Have had it this time round, but. We seem to be all all right, yeah. trying to keep spirits up. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> I'll send them all my best and hopefully I'll be able to oh, come yeah. and see you soon. Yeah, I miss I, I miss working on there. <laughs> I, I miss oh, yeah. working on there. <laughs> you, there's always a job yeah. going for you if you want one. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> you never know one day. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for this oh, morning, yeah. Jess. Um, Really interesting to hear what you've been through, and and thanks for for sharing your story. Thanks for me. Uh, no, it's been a pleasure, and we'll catch up with you soon, and uh, hopefully be able to to come and see you oh, a lot definitely. soon. All the best. Yeah. Well, all right. Take see you later, care. Sir. See you later.